Transitions are exhausting. So many things change, you end up feeling lost. You can find yourself questioning your relevance and even your worth. Whether you're gaining a new surname or going to a new situation, there are two things I want you to know. First, your roles in life will change, but your purpose is eternal. Second, God has a plan for your life and the enemy has a plot against that plan. I'm Sherry Fletcher, and this is Your Spiritual Game Plan, the podcast for those in a season of transition. And I'm so glad you're here. Stick around and let's work on a spiritual game plan together. Today, I am going to welcome back to the show, Susie Flory. Susie is the New York Times bestselling author or co-author of more than 15 books. She grew up on the back of a quarter horse in Northern California, and she learned how to write at a daily newspaper in the Los Angeles area. Susie is the executive director of West Coast Christian Writers Conference and the founder of an educational community called Everything Memoir. I had Susie on the show previously, and we talked about the importance of storytelling. And today she is gonna share her latest story from her book that she co-authored, Sanctuary, the true story of an Irish village, a man who lost his way, and the rescue donkeys that led him home. Susie, I am so glad that you are joining me again. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Sherry. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. And you have just graduated from seminary. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it was like four years of uh, being in a candy store. (laughs) I loved it that much. That is, I'm excited. And we were talking a little bit before I hit record and, and it was very inspirational. So we'll see. Um, so I'm just curious, what are your summer plans um, on the mountain and what are some projects you're going to be taking on over this summer? Hmm, that's a good question. So my thesis uh, that I'm writing right now, uh, you know, for graduation, because we're talking before I actually graduate, um, I'm hoping to turn that into a book. So I think one of my summer projects will be making that into a book proposal. Uh, which is what you need to get a book contract. And um, I plan to rest and camp. So go camping. We have a trailer. So that's going to be fun. And then in September, uh, I'm going on a writing retreat to Alaska. What? Yeah, to an island called Harvester Island, which is a salmon fishing uh, island. And Leslie Leland Fields, this amazing writer, runs a writing retreat there. So I get to go there and hear Brett Lott, who's a great novelist. And um, a lot of the writing I do is m- sort of like memoir and, you know, fiction writing techniques are fabulous to learn. They make you a better writer. So I'm looking forward to that. I just had to buy rubber boots for that. <laughs> How exciting. I, I haven't been to Alaska since I was 13. So I'd like to go back. It's just beautiful. Oh, I can't wait to see pictures from that. And then of course, we'll have to have you back on for the next book. <laughs> so like I said, yes, we have had you on the show before. And last time you came on, um, you talked about the importance of getting our stories out into the world. 
um, whether you want to call it a testimony or a story, that are so important for people to share. And like you mentioned, you write memoirs. So I'm going to put links to that podcast in the show so people can go back and really listen to that. It's a great episode. But just kind of recap a little bit. What is a memoir and why is it important that we share our stories? Yeah, a memoir, a lot of times we associate it with someone famous, like a celebrity or a politician or some huge historical figure. But I feel like it's important to write your story uh, for your friends and family because your story, um, you've learned things, you know, you've become wise, God has brought you through things, you have some things to share. And when you write that down, and put it out into the world, it's going to help people, it's going to change lives. I know uh, this probably happened to you, but I've had books or things that I've read where one line jumps out at me and the Bible's like this too, one line and it, it just sort of goes into your heart and you never forget it and it changes Mm -hmm. you. So writing your story can do that for people. And it also just lets people know they're not alone. Other people are having the same problems. Other people are having these struggles and they've survived. So maybe I can too. Yeah. And your memoirs are awesome. And so we are talking about your latest one that you just wrote for, um, with and for someone and it's called sanctuary. Um, and I love the subtitles. It says a true story in, of an Irish village, a man who lost his way and a rescue donkey that led him home. And I could just go on about how excited I am about this book. Number one, it's the first book I've seen my husband read in 24 hours straight. He did not put it down. And then, uh, and then I did the same. It was literally a 24 hour, like this is intense, great reading. So, but I got to watch the process of this book. I remember it was like three years ago or at the red house, um, writing at the red house when this was kind of a little book baby and you had the arc and I even had a different title at that time. Um, and I'll, then I got to watch you and your, our friend, Marcy, take your drone and go to Ireland. And then the most exciting part was um, some friends of mine that are just just returned from Ireland, Mike and Carrie, shout out, that got to go to the actual sanctuary. And because um, I have connections to you, you were so gracious and sent me information on where they should go. And they were just, they loved it. So all these things about this book are wonderful. And so let's start with the first part of that subtitle, A True Story of an Irish Village. So since you were there and you got to take your drone, give us a little glimpse into your experience with this Irish village. Yeah, this is in the southern part of Ireland. It's called Cork County. And it's, uh, there are no big cities. And this is a little village. uh, It's about a 1000 years old, you know, way older than anything in the US. And there's about three or 400 people, I think, who live in the village. One little main street, like they changed the flow. Like when school is out, the street is one way and then they switch it again to go the other way when, you know, school is back in session. So, and then at the end of edge of the um, main street of town is this giant castle. It's these uh, four stone towers, gray stone towers a big entryway with like the, you know, a drawbridge gate kind of thing that used to be there. And then this huge kind of enclosure. It's just beautiful. It's free. You can just walk up there and look at it. There's cows, you know, grazing in the middle. And then just down the street is the donkey sanctuary. 
And that was really a key part of this story is a man who started this place to rescue lost, abandoned, you know, sick donkeys that nobody wanted. And he would just gather them in from the side of the road, take them home and take care of them. And that's just down at the end of the street, also free. So if you're ever in Liz Carl is how you pronounce it. It looks like Liz Carroll, Ireland. You can go see this village, see the castle, go to the sanctuary. Um, it's just a beautiful oasis. It is. And, and on your Facebook page, you're, um, you have some photos of this beautiful, the scenery. And because I know in the book, um, some of them are black and white, but if you go on your website and your Facebook page, I can see some of this beautiful stuff. So um, the father was the one who started the sanctuary, but you were writing the story with his son, Patrick Barrett. And how did his family come to find you and start this whole process of writing this book? He uh, was on a break from work one day and he said he got on his phone and he, you know, some people had told him he should write a book and he just had that, you know, sometimes you just have that impulse. And so he started Googling, you know, writers and my name just popped up. So he looked at my website, he saw that I had written uh, a horse book and that I grew up on horses. There's a whole section on my website about horses, you know, that <laughs> with pictures yes. of me riding horses and all that stuff. And um, my dad was a Texas cowboy. So I really did kind of grow up on the back of a horse. And I think that he just felt a connection there. And then my daughter and I, especially my daughter, it's her full-time job. She does wildlife rehabilitation and rescue. So she actually is in a kind of a related type of field, not with donkeys, with other animals, but with the wildlife here. And so I think there was a lot of connection points there. Yeah. Well, he just wrote me an email. And asked me if I, you know, told me a little about a story. And so I flew over there to see what was going on and meet him. And, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. And so it was a three-year process, though. It yeah. was, yeah. It was actually four years since he wrote oh, the first years. email uh, to me. And uh, it was kind of funny because when he wrote me the email, I didn't know who he was. He said, this is Patrick. I'm in Ireland. And I thought, Patrick? Ireland? Are you kidding? <laughs> like, you know, St. Patrick's Day. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah. So it was a total of four years, just getting to know each other. Um, he had a baby in between his baby was oh. sick for a while, you know, life happened. And so we kind of became friends along the way, prayed for each other uh, and worked together on this story. I love it. And it did. I, when I saw you at the red house, when you first started, it had a different title kind of, yeah, the Donkey Whisper was the yep. original title. Yep. Yeah. How did that transform? Yeah, he could talk yeah, he exactly can. like a donkey. He can make all the sound and then donkeys talk back to him. And, you know, and he just grew up around donkeys. So, yeah, they were his best friends. Yeah. I like the title Sanctuary because it's so perfect to what it, what it you know, encaptures. But I still like the Donkey Whisperer. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I, I had that in the back of my mind as I read the book going, I knew this used to be called Donkey Whisperer, but <laughs> it's good. So um, like it says in the subtitle that he, he's a man who lost his way. Um, so share a little bit about that without giving too much because people need to get the book for sure. Yeah. So he's um, a very sensitive person. He has that kind of uh, 
empathy, extreme empathy, high sensitivity. He said when he was a little kid, he could be in a room of people and feel all of their feelings. And it sounds like a cool kind of a talent to have or ability, but as a little child, it was overwhelming, you know, to feel all these things that are not your own feelings. So that was really hard for him. So he felt more comfortable and safe with the donkeys because the donkeys, they're herd animals. They watch out for each other and take care of each other. Uh, they're matriarchal. There's a female that kind of oversees the herd and watches out and he just loved it, you know, and he, so he would spend time with them, talk to them and they just were his best friends. School was really hard. He is, you know, uh, has, is probably dyslexic. So reading, learning, you know, the Gaelic language, having to recite things, he would get in trouble all the time and even get beaten by some of the tough uh, teachers. And so, you know, he just always felt like a misfit, you know, that feeling, I think every human has felt like that at some point, you just feel like you don't belong, like you're a total misfit, like you will never belong. And then uh, when he was seven years old, um, someone gave him um, some alcohol to drink, nothing, you know, they weren't trying to hurt him, but it became uh, something that made him feel comfortable and like he did belong. So he quickly, you know, had an addiction uh, to it and uh, just kind of spiraled from there, trying to find his way, trying to find himself, trying to, to belong somewhere. Yeah, it was, it has the prodigal story. It addresses his addiction. There's PTSD. There's even romance. There is romance. Yes. I love that part. (laughs) Uh, It's a very touching. And so he, but he grows up watching his family take care of these donkeys in, and you know, these are lost or forgotten donkeys. And so it was like, so touching that he got to watch his parents take in these people that he felt the same way, mm-hmm. but understand, help us understand, like, why are there so many donkeys over there that need this rescue place in this sanctuary? Yeah, this, this part, I learned so much about donkeys. I knew horses, but donkeys are a little different and they're extremely smart and they hide any injury or illness. So it's very hard to tell if they're sick, unless you're an expert. So that's one reason. Another reason is that they live to be 50, sometimes even 60 years old. So they're sort of like parrots. So you know how people have these parrots that can live to be like 100. And uh, most of the time you get them at some point in your life and then you either can't take care of them or maybe, you know, someone passes away or something. So they're, they're kind of like parrots on four legs. You know, they just live these long lives. And so sometimes they outlive their people. Um, And then another reason was that uh, the villages and people who live in Ireland used to use donkeys to carry things or, you know, take a cart to market or do farm work. And as they slowly, you know, use tractors and other sorts of Mm -hmm. farm machines, they didn't need donkeys anymore. So a lot of donkeys were abandoned or just, you know, just left to themselves by the side of the road. And so for all those reasons, um, you know, they've rescued thousands of donkeys over the years and either kept them at the sanctuary or found new homes for them to live out their lives and be happy. Yeah, that's cute. There, that One of the things that I learned that I love the concept was, is it um, Anamkara? 
Yes, Anamkara, Anamkara. So tell us about that concept and then tell us about Patrick's own Anamkara. Yeah, Anamkara. I love this. It's it it's um Gaelic, which they use the word Irish. They call it Irish because that's their language. Uh, English came from English, you know, colonies, colonizers. So it's not their native language. Um, and we call it Gaelic. They call it Irish. So Anamkara is Irish for soul friend. And that a soul friend is someone you have a very deep connection with down to the spiritual level. So emotional, you know, social, and then like a very deep, intimate spiritual level. You can talk to them about anything. They will always be there for you, will always love you no matter what. And it can be anyone, you know, it could be a parent, could be a partner, you know, spouse, um, could be a best friend. Uh, so it's, it's not a sexual thing. It's just a very deep uh, soul connection with someone else. And so he wanted that he, Patrick had this yearning, I think, as we all do to have that kind of deep connection to have an Anamkara. And it turned out to be somebody that he already knew. And I don't want to give away the story, yeah. but um, through a series of circumstances, including prayer, you know, he was praying uh, his soul friend was praying, uh, they connected uh, later in life. And I love that part of the story. Yeah, it was really so super. And I love that term. I just love that term now, but, but his donkey has one too. He has a, and there's Anamkara with his donkey. And my friends got to meet Jaxi. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that special relationship with Jaxi. Yeah. Jaxi is a donkey who was not able to be cared for by his mother. I think abandonment or whatever happened. And so they got this little baby donkey at three days old and it needed a Jaxi, a little gray and white fuzzy donkey needed to be fed every three hours. So somebody would have to go out there in the middle of the night or just be out there in the stable. And so the book opens with uh, Patrick feeding Jaxi, bonded to Jaxi. Jaxi thinks, you know, Patrick is his best friend and brother forever and ever. Amen. So if he hears Patrick talking anywhere near where he is, he'll start braying and yelling for Patrick. And when if Patrick gets close to him, he wants to hug him with his <laughs> legs and he's now full grown donkey. So it could be a little dangerous. Um, yeah, so Jaxi has been a constant in his life uh, for a decade now, um, and who's seen him through a lot. Yeah, that's, that is so sweet. So like I mentioned that earlier, there were four things that I loved watching, being able to watch you go through with this book. Um, but my regular listeners will notice that I did not ask Susie my original question that I ask everyone, which is looking back on your life, how far back can you look and see the very purpose that you're living out today? For one reason, I asked her that on my last show. So you have to go back and listen to that one. Um, but as, as you've listened to Susie, I think you can hear her um, love for animals and that she herself has provided a sanctuary for animals um, with her daughter. And so one of the stories that I loved hearing about you through our friend Kathy was how you did some search and rescue during the Caldor fires that you were living through and you were helping rescue animals. So tell us a little bit about that fire and helping your daughter with her animals, as well as other people's animals like chickens. Yeah. I'm sure everyone listening knows about the California wildfires and now in some other States as well. 
but last August was a really bad one and it just blew up very quickly at our friend Kathy's house. I mean, it was on her property down below where her house is. And she literally had, I don't know, an hour or two to get out. Um, and that fire is not that far from us. So it was burning our direction as well. So we began to prepare to evacuate and we have 45 animals on our property, including these rescue animals that, you know, babies that were taken care of. So we had to, you know, basically get a little army of people to help us. And then as that was just starting for us, um, you know, we took in Kathy's chickens. So Kathy has these beautiful pet chickens. We were able to take them for a few days before we had to leave. So everyone, you know, it's very much like the Irish villages up here. You help each other. You really have to rely on each other and help each other uh, when these things happen. So that's what was happening. We were uh, trying to help each other and get out and make sure everyone was as safe as we could. In the middle of writing this book. <laughs> In the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can't schedule a fire or an evacuation. It's very inconvenient. Yes. I, that's just one thing I love is looking how God connected you. This, you, sh, you know, it's not, you know, it's not a coincidence that he found you, that you have the same heart and compassion for, mm-hmm. and it's not just saving animals. You also have the same heart and compassion to, to serve and love on uh, your friends and um, that you provide that sanctuary too. So I just love seeing that connection and I'm glad you're safe and I'm glad your animals are safe and Kathy's are too. Her house mm-hmm. did not burn. So we are very thankful for that. Um, so what is one thing as we close our time here that, that Patrick's story offers the reader who might feel broken or disconnected or forgotten? Oh, I, I think the book is at its heart, a story of hope. And that hope works on many different levels. I've had a lot of people say that it gives them hope for their own children, for someone close to them who's struggling with, you know, it might be addiction, might be PTSD, might be something else entirely, but just that God is working behind the scenes. God answers prayer. You know, his family was praying for him all along the way. And he, he found this out later. And God would send people into his life to help him and point him in the right direction, including the animals. So God is working behind the scenes of our lives and of the lives of people around us. And, you know, someone who was so lost and who was not himself, you know, he, he was a darker version of himself and who couldn't see a way out and who should have died and God you know, God reached out to him. God was working behind the scenes through people, through animals, through circumstances. So uh, every time I think of the story, that's what I think of, you know, there's always hope, never give up hope. I love that. God is working behind the scenes. I, it was beautiful to see that woven throughout, um, all the ways that God was pursuing him and bringing him back. So thank you so much for taking time out to join us and for sharing this wonderful book. Um, that I know our readers need to get online and purchase. Where can they find you? Yeah, they can find me at my website. It's susieflory.com, S-U-S-Y-F-L-O-R-Y. And Sanctuary can be found, you know, pretty much anywhere. You just look up Sanctuary by Patrick Barrett and Susie Flory. And yeah, look forward to hearing from you. It was so fun. Your husband, when he read it, you know, I know your husband, but we're not texting friends. And he sent me a text and told me how much he liked the book and that he had read it so quickly. I just, it was so fun to hear that. 
stuff. He was excited because I was out of town and he was like, I read that book in 24 hours. What's her cell number? <laughs> so that is awesome. So it's worth, it is worth it for sure. And um, thank you again. And congratulations on your seminary and, and into your doctorate and all those wonderful things. Thank you. Onward, onward On and upward, right? Yes, thank you. Imagine shifting your focus off of the hard work of trying to prove yourself to the joyful life of knowing your worth. When you join my email list, you will get the free mini guide, one simple way to know you matter today. It is my prayer that you'll be reminded daily of all the ways you matter more than you know. So head on over to sherryfletcher.com, click join Sherry at the top of the screen. Already a subscriber? Enter your info anyway to get the new mini guide and you will not get multiple emails. Did you know that you can help others start a spiritual game plan for their lives? When you leave a review and share this podcast, it helps me reach others. I do love hearing from you and I want to know how I can serve you in the best possible way. So be sure to subscribe to the emails and leave reviews. Thank you for tuning in to Your Spiritual Game Plan, the podcast. I'll see you next Tuesday.